0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes. In the first, I was joined by James Malley of Pacuret, the only patented cartonization solution that optimizes for transportation costs directly, which is super exciting. And James told me all about it. We talked about exactly what Pacuret does and how they do it, making a commitment to sustainable solutions and why right sizing isn't enough and why Pacurit is bucking the end-to-end enterprise trend. It was really fascinating and really important as well, as we all look for ways to reach our sustainability goals. And the second brand new episode last week was this month's Blended, and we talked all about acceptance versus inclusion. Now, that was a topic I'd been wanting to talk about for quite some time, because it's actually something that grew out of our discussions on previous episodes. So I was super excited to finally ask other people what they thought about whether the word inclusion is enough and whether a move towards acceptance would be a better approach. It was really great to finally have that discussion and it challenged some of my thinking, which is always what we wanna do on Blended. So I hope you enjoyed both of these episodes, but remember if you did miss them, you can catch up over on let's com On our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show, Packer it was episode 297 and Blended was 298. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's Business Intelligent Platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O dot today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm joined by a disruptor in the logistics and supply chain industry who is on a mission to create an open logistics network that optimizes the global delivery of your goods. It sounds ideal, but can you guess whose mission it is? Well, I'll reveal it all after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you was, which of these movies is the most overrated? 51% of you said Titanic, 27% of you said Top Gun, 16% of you said Forrest Gump, and 6% of you said other comment below. Leah says The Matrix. Heather is going to say Twilight audria says harry potter no audria paul says none of these none of the above these are all classics Daryl says titanic second top gun Ooh, that's fighting words um just kidding i love robin says i love all of these movies uh Paula says, dumb and dumber. Darren says, none, all are good. And Josh says, Armageddon, only famous for one scene or song, I should say. Well, thank you so much to everybody who participated in the poll of the week. Remember, we do a poll every single week. Sometimes we have a little bit of fun, like this week we did. Sometimes we ask you some more serious questions about supply chain. But either way, we get the community talking. So now back to today's podcast and which exciting and forward things supply chain brand is joining me today well it's flex flex solves the hardest omni-channel logistics problems for the world's largest retailers and brands integrating technology open logistics networks and elastic economic models allows flex customers to move fast at scale and with precision Founded in 2013, Flex brings deep logistics expertise and enterprise-grade technology to deliver innovative e-commerce fulfillment, retail distribution, same-day delivery, and network capacity programs to the Fortune 500. Today, Jordan Lawrence, Director of Logistics Strategy at Flex and Head of the Flex Institute, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, solving logistics problems with technology, helping customers to compete with Amazon, and why the future is fixed and flexible. Before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Jordan. Jordan Lawrence is Flex, Flex Flex's Director of Logistics Strategy. He brings 13 years of deep industry expertise, spanning manufacturing process engineering, ERP and WMS implementation, and domestic and international transportation. Previously, Jordan was Director of Strategic Accounts, and prior to Flex, he was Principal Consultant Consultant at NetSuite. Jordan has a Bachelor of Arts in Marketing and Business from East Carolina University. So, welcome to the show, Jordan. Great to be with you. Thanks a lot for having me. I am so excited to have Flex here. I have known about your brand. You just told me that you've been in business for nine years. Nine years. But I've known about your brand for all of those nine years, and I've always wanted to do a deeper dive into what you do, like it's such an amazing concept. And I really just want to share it with the audience. I'm really excited, if you can't tell, that I'm here, that you're here today.
1: I'm very excited as well, but maybe I'm a little biased, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's start by sort of setting the tone around industry trends. Apparently, you're the go-to guy for industry trends in this part of the industry. So talk to us about what's happening in warehousing right now. Talk to us about the challenges that people are facing, maybe some of the things that they should be thinking about or looking into.
1: Sure. And, and what I can share is really what we're hearing from our enterprise clients. Yeah. And that is really this, uh, you know, put it simply, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't type strategy that's that's a real challenge. Uh, most shippers have kind of two choices and there's serious trade-offs on both sides. Right. They can... Hold much larger inventory footprints to make sure they're ready for whatever demand plays out. But that comes at the cost of carrying cost for inventory yes. up against rising interest rates, which are making that ever higher cost, yes. and therefore lots of margin pressure. On the other side of the coin, you have folks that are leaning down inventories. You look at you know, what we're hearing in the headlines about the Walmarts of the world canceling billions of dollars in purchase orders.
0: Or reducing SKUs, right?
1: Right, reducing SKUs. And so, this strategy is hey, let's right size our margin, but it leaves you exposed to stockouts in Q4, depending on what happens with demand, which is something we all don't know. So, it's just really challenging. Things have not gotten any easier despite a lot of normalization in, in the supply chain. And so, everyone seems to be on one side of the coin or the other. It's, hey, carry tons of inventory and have our margin be completely squeezed yeah, yeah. or uh, lean it out and hope we have what we need in Q4.
0: Right, and that we don't want any more empty shelves. But I think it's I think we're still going to see some of that coming forward. So talk to me about Flex. How did you guys get started? What does that look like? What was the challenge that sort of piqued your interest? And I was like, I need to solve that.
1: You know, uh Our founder, uh, Carl, is uh, really a visionary guy, and he saw something very obvious um, when you think about it in hindsight, and that's how so many of these things are. Uh, The way warehouse capacity works today, and we can talk more about this as we go, but uh, essentially you have to build the church for Easter Sunday. You have to look at your, your peak demand and say, I need to build capacity with a three, five, seven year time horizon in mind, And what that means is that during periods of non-peak, you have wild underutilization. Absolutely. Right. And so the supply-demand matching functions in warehousing are just wildly inefficient. And there are periods, maybe eight months at a time, where a given warehouse is 40% of its cubic capacity available. So Carl, who is really traditionally a software guy... Uh, had someone come to him with that problem, and he's like, hey, how okay. can we solve this with technology? Yeah, yeah. And that's what he set out to do nine years ago, and, and here we are, and it's been a, just an incredible business model.
0: Amazing, and I love to hear the founder story because we yeah. get to get an idea of how you started, and really nine years later, where you are today, which is really an incredible journey. So talk to us a little bit about what exactly do you do? So you're matching supply Um, or really warehouse space to that demand uh, as to when it's needed, right?
1: That is really it. I I think the one thing that's easy and and helps clarify is, we don't actually own any warehouses. Okay. So we have a technology stack, and what we do is we provide our proprietary tech, which is a cloud-based system, to a network of over a thousand warehouses. Wow. And then we connect that to enterprise shippers. Okay. So, we integrate with the enterprise shippers, whether it's Oracle or SAP or whatever their ERP systems are, yeah. and then we can simply ship to our warehouse providers a WMS device, then log on to our portal, and now it's an integrated environment. It's operating in the, the shippers uh, business systems, and we can spin up and spin down these solutions. They can be six months, they can be two years, um, and we're, we're capturing a lot of capacity that was just never really accessible to these enterprise shippers. And something I think, you know, an arbitrage that's worth calling out here. Big enterprises, they solve their problems by self-run. They have a large self-run network usually. Yes. And then maybe one to two major national 3PL partners. Well, the world has a thousand, or the US especially, a thousand plus other operators. There might be a single owner operator with a million square feet in Chicago. All right. There is another 3PL that may not be their dedicated 3PL. This is all capacity that is basically unavailable to these enterprise shippers because they're not gonna go and do all these one-off integrations. So we serve as a single point of integration that represents this holistic bucket of capacity and then we match their need with the right operator that has the right yeah. skill set whether that's fulfillment, distribution or just simply storing excess pallets.
0: Well, I mean, onboarding of a new warehouse alone is is very time consuming and like you said, we want to maximize the space that is out there and I think it's really 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 smart. Now, I want to get into capacity, but first, I want to talk about how you have strategically placed warehouses and how organizations and retailers are looking at micro-fulfillment to get closer to their customers. Yep. So it's not just about finding the space, it's also, I would imagine, finding the location because the retailers are looking for smaller spaces to carry a little bit of inventory closer to their customers. And so your solution just must be like a really good fit for that.
1: I mean, this is a great point because, you know, Large enterprises, they they predominantly have warehouses in all of the major markets. You know, Chicago, LA, Dallas, Atlanta, greater New York, uh, maybe Memphis, maybe Reno, something like that. But as there become more dispersed inventory strategies to service this direct to consumer, uh, channel secondary and tertiary and non-traditional warehouse markets become more and more important. And that's exactly where you're gonna have a challenge finding the right type of operator and so you need this large portfolio of operators available yep. to you to be able to solve those needs. And it's not just the direct-to-consumer portion. Mm-hmm. It can be a strategy that we see a lot in, um, uh, in, in the large enterprise space where they're using storefronts to do yep. the final mile delivery to the customer. Well, the challenge with that is a lot of times these storefronts have limited to no back stock. Mm-hmm. So they need, again, secondary tertiary yep. market somewhere that they can replenish inventory into their store network more quickly yeah. so they're not long zoning and having the same problems that you have with the traditionally non-dispersed uh, fulfillment yeah. distribution yeah. network.
0: Well, and especially since we're competing with the Amazon effect. And right. we need to get deliveries to our customers within you know maybe hours, right. maybe 24 hours, maybe 48. I mean, having that inventory closer to our customers is key to that. It and is. having flexible warehousing that you can flex, I like that, <laughs> flex up and down um, would be really a competitive advantage to any sort of organization. Now, yeah. let's Let me, talk- well, yeah, can, I, can I just
1: add on to yeah. that just to, uh, you know, it it's so important on a couple of fronts. Um, from a cost perspective, your yeah. final mile transportation is the biggest cost bucket. So a lot of times- you talk to folks in the warehouse space and they get very laser focused on warehouse CPU. And they're trying to save a penny here or there on their warehousing cost. Right. But the much larger thing to go and get is that transportation savings. Yeah. And then secondarily, it's the e-commerce teams. And so these are yep. kind of non-traditional supply chain conversations. Yep. But it's, hey, what does your cart conversion look like when you have a five-day lead time versus a two-day lead time? And we, we've worked with a cosmetic company that everyone would be familiar with it, was faced with this exact thing. And we were able to implement a more dispersed network, uh, looking at adding five sites across the United States. And the change in their cart conversion dynamics was just remarkable. And so you're really, it's, it's these two sides of the coins. There's a cost savings element, that is servicing a transportation team.
0: Yeah. And
1: then there's this this other piece that's kind of servicing the e commerce folks.
0: Yeah, and you're gonna get many more customers because of it. I mean, just think about the sales that are gonna come in. Yeah. All right, let's talk about capacity. Because obviously, through the pandemic, everybody shipped everything, and now we're really limited on capacity. Yeah. You know, organizations are looking for warehouse space wherever they can really get it. And there's even some 4PLs out there that are turning people away because they don't have any more warehouse capacity. So talk to us about what's going on right now um, and how Flex has really stepped in because I think your solution has probably been the answer to those challenges.
1: You know, it's it's been really interesting, the, the whole capacity dynamic in warehousing space. You know, we've seen a lot of this clear in transportation yeah. and even the ports have improved, even though you could say maybe it's right. challenges are now cropping up on the East Coast. But <laughs> a lot of the upstream capacity challenges as they resolve, we're still at record tight capacity. And this is the statistic I love that really paints the picture. 2.9% industrial space vacancy. The 10 year average prior to the pandemic was about 10%. So we are miles away from normalization uh, in the capacity space. The real challenge with capacity in the traditional model is that you need to make two, three, five, seven year capacity decisions. You do, and no, And you're compelled so to do good. that in the most expensive, tightest market on record. Yep. And so when you think about what you're doing from an investment standpoint, you're buying at the top of the market yep. and you're locking yourself in at yeah. the top of the market for three, five, seven years. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what people need is optionality. We don't know, hey, maybe we are gonna see higher inventory levels for longer or maybe there's gonna be some level of normalization, but to try to guess that, that's the thing that is impossible. So impossible. And so the strategy that we work with shippers to employ is this kind of option to wait and see. Let me add cubic capacity for the next 12 to 24 months, and this could be a million square feet dispersed across the country, that allows me to wait and see what the market looks like. Yeah. And hey, maybe, th- maybe the market does loosen up in 12 to 24 months and you can then more opportunistically make that long-term commitment. Yeah. But there was just never previously this model where you, you had the option to, to do something in a shorter term context and have an option to wait and see. So that's that's one of the big places we provide value in the capacity space.
0: Yeah, well, and warehousing has always been a long-term game, uh, right? Game, right? Because even if you're looking at creating your own facility, I mean, you're looking at one, at least one to two years. If you're looking at leasing a warehouse, you're looking at at least one to two years as well. Yes. So if you need the space right now, what do you do? Well, you go to flex.
1: Yeah, you know, there's an interesting point you bring up there too. Everyone uses this word flexibility and it's kind of this nebulous thing because like, what do you really mean? (laughs) And to me, flexibility, especially in warehousing, is really one thing, and that's speed. Because it is it really the ability is. to react quickly or not. And you really just hit on it. The, the speed dynamics in warehousing is 18 to 36 months. And when you have a, a one-off demand spike or any of these kind of one-off events that we've, we've seen over the past two years, a two-year reaction function, is not sufficient. And so, the, you know, we have spun up, clients that we have an integration with, we've spun up a solution to do fulfillment for them in as little as a few weeks. And so, that is completely different than um, what is available through traditional solutions. And, you know, we're usually not competing with a self-run traditional solution or a 3PL. We're doing something complementary to that or we're taking the volatility out of it. So, the, The speed dynamic, to me, that is really what it means to be flexible. And that's where we focused a lot of our energy is how can we solve for this volatility that you don't want to solve for in your fixed networks that you want to keep, you know, you want to level load your fixed DC, you want to level load your 3PL. That's how you're going to get the best cost dynamics out of your existing solutions. So you want to push the one off and the volatility out into a flexible provider, and we're one of those
0: providers. Well, and, you know, with everything changing so quickly, two years is just not going to be enough for organizations and retailers. It's just not. And so you have to really take a look at what other solutions are out there. Now, you mentioned onboarding, kind of. (laughs) I want to pinpoint that a little bit more because, you know, the audience that's listening or watching is... Probably saying to themselves, you know, I love your solution, I want to get involved, but what does it mean for me from an onboarding or an implementation process? How long does that take?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because that is a whole, I mean, that is the primary component yeah. of what it means to be fast. Right. Um, and really, it, it, there's more than one answer. Um, for clients that need to solve an immediate cubic capacity problem, they can simply work with us. By uploading CSV and leveraging our network, and it can be uh, days and weeks' speed okay. to onboard. Awesome. Uh, you know, the capabilities of operators are very well known to us, and handling a uh, cubic capacity need is lower complexity. Um, the, you know, we have API, EDI integrations. We do these across all business systems. That's probably the longer component of, of onboarding. Okay. So, for a more sophisticated solution, distribution fulfillment. We don't charge for integration and we'll move as fast as the client is willing to. Right, you
0: gotta get IT teams talking.
1: Yes, yes, so that is that is really the, um, you know, we have a scoping process. We, we do take very seriously what the client's unique needs are and how do we match that up because not every operator yeah, is true. right for a fulfillment or a distribution deal. Yeah. Um, so we have a, a light scoping process. And the beauty is the integration is one time and then a client can come back to us six months later and spin up a fulfillment solution in weeks because they have that standing integration.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm in the audience and I'm sort of wondering what I have to look like to be an ideal client for you, because you've mentioned enterprise a few times. Is that who your ideal client is? Is there a geographic location? You know, how much am I maybe doing in inventory? or how much space am I looking for? Like walk me through what I need to look like to pick up the phone and
1: call you. Sure, so we, we do focus heavily on, on enterprise um, just because we believe there's the most value there. So six of the 10 largest retailers, four of the five largest CPGs, okay. uh, Flex works with currently. So the, the idea is that the enterprise space is where there is this closed garden of we're working with one to two 3PLs, and the whole rest of the capacity that the U.S. has to offer is unavailable. Right. And so we provide the most value in that space. Now, okay. as far as solution type, it's really the full range of solution up to medium-complexity e-commerce. Okay. There is certainly a degree of high-complexity solution where you want to work. You know, If you need a fully automated, clothes on hanger apparel-type solution, that is absolutely the right thing for a self-run or a 3PL. Yeah, absolutely. And so... You know, we have a certain lanes that we work in, but uh, large variety of distribution projects, capacity-oriented projects, and low to medium complexity fulfillment.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So now, give me an example. Paint me a picture. Sure. What was a challenge that a client came to you with? What was the solution that you provided them? And what was the ROI and benefit? If you've got some stats mm-hmm. and some percentages, we always love
1: those. I'll try a couple of examples. One I'll name and one I'll, I'll, um, I will not name. So okay. uh, one is a uh, Fortune 100 that everyone uh, here at the show would know about. Okay. Uh, in the middle of the pandemic, they had early lease termination and surging sortable demand direct to consumer in Southern California. Okay. And so they're getting pushed out of a building. They have this surging demand. It is a serious problem and they have weeks to react to it. We were integrated with this client, right, and in three weeks from the time we heard about the need to the first inbounds, we were executing as their primary fulfillment partner in Southern California until they were able to stand up their new fulfillment solution. And also what's great about that is as they ramped into their new solution, they had us working as a mirror to allow them to have a a way to throttle up and down volume into their new facility and really enable that startup. So uh, that's one great example because there simply wasn't a a solution that could solve for this in that amount of time uh, previously. Another one is Atarian. And Atarian's a company that maybe everyone's not familiar with, but they're a publicly traded, uh, self-fulfilled prime company. Uh, They have a large distributed network to be able to hit one in two days to... (laughs) Uh, everyone in the United States, and we work as their primary fulfillment partner. Um, You know, a great story with them is uh, they they had a lot of non-essential product turned off by Amazon in the middle of the pandemic, and they were able to pivot that in real time into their Flex network, and there wasn't you know, there was really no loss in business continuity there. And so that's revenue that is either completely lost or you have to be able to leverage your your own network. And so we work with a a handful of clients uh, in supporting their self-fulfilled prime and Amazon networks as well.
0: Yeah, especially if they're going to turn it off and you've got all of that inventory sitting there. You've got to find another solution really, really quickly. It's a
1: single point of failure. So
0: I can almost imagine how much they appreciated being able to call you, stepping in and really helping them turn that inventory.
1: Yeah, yeah it's been a great partnership.
0: Amazing. So, talk to us about the future. What can we expect from Flex in the future for your customers, the community, supply chain, warehousing?
1: I mean, I think in a lot of ways, we're just getting started. There are a number of copycat companies, and we really welcome that because it's validation of the business model.
0: Absolutely.
1: When you look out across, you know, what what this is maybe not a perfect analogy, but if you look at transportation... There's constant problems of asymmetric demand. There's produce season and all these things. And so brokers have been around for a hundred years. Well, in the warehousing space, that wasn't possible because you had to have cloud-based technology to be able to seamlessly turn on and off warehouses. And it's obviously a much more complex solution than picking up the phone and making a single phone call. And so when we look at the supply-demand mismatches, they're still tremendous in the warehousing space. It is still wildly inefficient. And that means there is a ton of opportunity for Flex and other folks in the flexible warehousing space um, to deliver programs that make good on this excess capacity. And look where we are today. We're at this record tightness. It it seems like it could never get tighter and it keeps getting incrementally tighter. At some point, we know bullwhips exist. It's gonna come back the other way. And we're going to have found that many shippers who panic bought capacity during this time when it's very expensive are gonna be sitting on excess capacity. Yes, and and a very tight market is equally an opportunity to a very loose market. And so, you know, we see this as something that's just getting started and we're really excited about the future. And I think that, just to kind of put a point on it, I really think every shipper will think naturally about, I use my self-run solutions for this, I use my 3PL solutions right. for that, and I use my flexible solution provider for these needs. And it's just gonna be a normal part of of operating. And at this point, it's just up to us to continue to educate the market.
0: Yeah, and what do we do with our supply chains, right? There's so many different things to think about. And if you can work with a partner like Flex to get closer to your customer and give you the capacity that you need, I mean, it's a win-win all around. So where can people get in touch with you? What's your website?
1: Sure, it's flex.com. It's flex with an E, so F-L-E-X-E. Um, And that's probably the easiest way to to find out what we're all about and get in touch with us and I'd love to have a conversation. Um, I'm in a strategy role. So if somebody wants to just kind of have an exploratory conversation without going straight to the sales team, I'd love to be a contact as well.
0: I love that. Well, listen, warehousing is continuing to evolve and Flex is an amazing partner for you. If you're looking for capacity, getting closer to your customers and so, so much more. So, Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to the team at Flex for making this happen. I just loved having that conversation with you. It was
1: a real pleasure. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity bottom line and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. You can also check it out on the Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube channel. Plus, if you have a challenge in supply chain, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So head over to the website, letstalksupplychain.com, put in your keyword and all of the content will come up. You can listen to companies talk about their founder story, about how they can help you solve that challenge or how they help their clients solve that challenge and so, so much more. Plus, whether you're an ideal client or not. And remember to come back next week for another jam-packed episode of Solutions to Your Daily Problems. I'll be joined by Nicholas of DM Delivers. Nicholas is a 26-year veteran in the logistics industry, and he's never lost sight of his goal to provide quality services for all types of businesses. His drive ensures that DM delivers exceptional customer service, one client at a time. With their shared passion towards the next level, team members work together not only to better themselves, but also to grow our industry. See you then. If you enjoy our show, you can... there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain on YouTube. You can also subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive Supply Chain Dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Plus, Ships is an intelligent marketplace connecting shippers with the world's best service providers, freight forwarders, 3PLs, and NVOCCs. Communicate and share information throughout the quoting process while easily and securely comparing features, value, and prices. Save time, effort, and money as you book, track, and manage your international freight and cargo shipments. Start your journey on Ships. That's S-H-I-P-Z or Z dot com today. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go ahead and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.